0: Okay. This is Rashawn Slater, first round draft pick for the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts Podcast. Bolt up.
1: Good day, folks, and welcome to a special edition of the Charged Up Bolts Podcast. Today my special guest is John from Boldad Podcast, all the way in Sacramento. How's it going, buddy?
0: Good. How are you?
1: Not too bad. Um, just like yourself, getting ready for the Easter break. Uh sunshine shining here in, in London, so warmer weather's here, which means we're on the verge of the uh, NFL Draft. Exciting times ahead.
0: Ooh, exciting. If, if,
1: it is. It is. Before we get into all that, John, just give you a quick intro, how, how you became a Chargers fan and, and, and um, obviously give your um, uh, podcast a, a bit of a... Uh, um, boost there over to you buddy
0: sure absolutely thank you so much again for for having me i really really appreciate it uh, it's my first time doing anything like this uh, so thank you uh, i would uh, give you a little bit of background on who i am sure so uh, long story short i grew up in san diego big die hard chargers fan um, i really really though uh, became a big fan when philip rivers uh first got uh brought on and then as right around that time when uh, Drew Brees (laughs) yeah he got when Drew Brees got injured and there's that transition something about Philip Rivers bravado his the way he approached on the field his his demeanor I liked you know it was raw but then off the field I really connected with him he you know never cursed as we all know uh now but at the time people didn't really pick up on that um And, uh, I don't know. I just, I just like that. He was always about faith, family football and those three things. He just seems such like such a pure hearted human being that, you know, somebody I could kind of live up, you know, like aspire to be that type of person. And I know that sounds cheesy, but you know, I could never be the type of um, a fan that just followed somebody because they happened to be on my team. I have to really, really like this person as an individual to want to buy their jersey, say. So, uh, you know, luckily, the Chargers, not only were they in my city, uh, but they were, you know, they have a history of bringing on really high-quality, high- caliber character players, not just great quality players on the field but also off the field maybe even to their detriment in some cases right but um you know philip rivers Ladanian tomlinson antonio gates you know uh sean Miraman, all those those people just i fell in love with them and then that carried on um to la uh obviously there was a lot of uh transition and just i'm sure you're aware but just in case you weren't People in San Diego don't necessarily like people in L.A. and vice there's, versa.
1: There's a lot of salty <laughs> fans still out there. I mean, yeah. I'm still sitting on my Twitter feed. You know, uh, F Spano's Twitter handles are still out there. You know, people yeah. just can't let it go. Yeah, we and see
0: I, it. I'm one of those that I'm kind of unique uh, in the sense that, like I said, I I grew up in San Diego. But I, was, I went in the Army. Uh, and then when I got out, I ended up going into uh, uh, living in L.A. with my grandparents at the time when I was still younger. Uh, and uh, so I actually lived in the, in, uh, the valley, uh, right in, uh, you know, Woodland Hills area in Los Angeles for for six years. And so, you know, I relate to L.A. I love L.A. Uh, I love uh, a lot, a lot of people, a lot of family, a lot of connections there still. So when they moved to LA, I wasn't quite as hurt um, as yeah. as as people uh, if I had maybe lived there my whole life. So um, and now uh, with family, kids, work as as it goes, I'm I'm now up in uh, Northern California, still representing the Bolts as much as I can, probably even more so now, just yeah. because out of maybe pure need, desire, desperation to connect with the fan base, um, and there's something. I will say this: There's something about when they moved to LA. It weeded out a lot of the fan the the people were, that maybe they were diehard fans. I'm sure when they're in San Diego, a, a weeded out a few people, but the people that were truly fans that that want that wanted to come back, they gravitated back. They might still be better about Dean Spanos ownership, and legitimately, rightfully so but they just they couldn't resist and they they kind of are trickling back and now we have a new fan base that's really kind of kind of generating in LA and it feels new it feels different it feels exciting and unique and now you have people like Jen Mills who is just blowing up on Twitter and 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 but not just on Twitter I mean it's crossing into the real world now how how she's now almost becoming this you know, representative of, uh, you know, Los Angeles chargers in the community and it's, it's organic, it's real, it's exciting. And I don't know, it just, it felt like the right time for me to, to, to finally become active on Twitter, uh, to become more engaging and more interactive with, uh, with the fans just cause I've been kind of a, a lingerer on Twitter in the background for a long time. And, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to actually create a new handle and engage with people and really, Uh, And it's been nothing but incredible feedback. I love it. And so it's the the best of both worlds. You got great football team product on the field. And now an incredible new brewing rejuvenated fan base that's somehow against all odds growing in the L.A. market and still has a lot of San Diego fans that are passionate that care, too yeah, there's a little, that little bit of, you know, beef here or there, but you know, people, uh, they seem to love the chargers and, and it's just, it's been heartwarming to even be in the conversation now with, with these people.
1: Yes. It's, it's amazing. Um, I want to come back to, um, two points. Uh, First of all, Antonio Gates and zone 85. There's a reason why that 85 is in there. (laughs) I want to talk about Philip rivers. Um, we're both ex-army veterans. I was. A Thank you for your major. service, by yes, the way. Ditto. Uh, so I, I served uh, in, in four tours in the Middle East, two tours in the Balkans, Northern Ireland. Now, one thing that I know a lot about is leadership, and I know when I can see a leader. And there's a there's a there's a handful of people in sport that really really inspire me. One's Jurgen Klopp, the Liverpool manager. I would you know I would work for him free if i had the opportunity if he wanted me in work at six o'clock i'd be there at 5 30. i just think he's got this presence and philip rivers comes across in that same manner he walks the walk yes. as well as talking the talk and i think it really really irritates me when people knock him down because he's got a an uh an, a, a, a sort of uh a difference throw to Mm -hmm. to most quarterbacks. He's got that unorthodox throw. Well, so what
0: he pushes, he pushes, He he Pushes
1: his arm comes out and he pushes a football. Well, so what you, you look around the league and you, you, and you, if you're a GM and if he actually got a GM on one-to-one and said, looking back through those years, would you want Philip Rivers on your team? I'm pretty, it wasn't mobile. We know this. I'm, I'm pretty sure most people would say yes, I mean, there's a reason why he he passed uh, uh, as many yards as he did, and there's a reason why he played as many games as he did. You know, um, fortunately for us, he handed over the baton to an incredibly talented Justin Herbert, and we'll, we'll we we'll are move.
0: so lucky. I mean, we, I mean, it's true. We're lucky. So before we get into Justin Herbert, because we could talk about him for, for <laughs> ages, I do want to talk about uh, Rivers. Absolutely. So um, here, here's my opinion on Rivers. Um, I think people uh, tend to forget, um, you know, his early years. And here, why I think, and I could be wrong. This is just my perspective on uh, uh, why on the national media, the national conversation, and I guess international conversation, why Rivers kind of had this, um, uh, people didn't like him. And I, I think it started from one point, in one moment, and that was Jay Cutler. I don't know if you're around or yeah, a fan yeah, yet. Okay. Yeah, nice, so yeah. Jay Cutler, when he was with the Broncos, there was a scene early, early on. Um, people loved Jay Cutler at the time. Not to say that they don't now, some people, but at, at the time people were in love with him. He had this gunslinger arm, you know, he could throw it a mile. He was kind of the cocky bravado, uh, you know, people loved him um, and here was Philip Rivers and there was that there's this one scene. I'll never forget it. Um, it. You know, it Jay Cutler was saying some type of smack, some type of to trash talking and then but they didn't catch that. What they caught and it went on national television was Philip Rivers chirping back, just chirping back, talking smack just talking smack to 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 Jay Cutler and but nobody saw Jay Cutler's uh how he handled it they only saw Philip Rivers and immediately the national narrative turned into oh Philip Rivers is a trash talker he you know and and then all of a sudden as soon as that happened now all of a sudden all the cameras sideline they're going to shoot Focus on rivers, and when he has some sort of emotional outburst, outburst tirade, ah, you know what it is, it, whatever it is, it it was it was oh, this guy's emotional. He overreacts. He's the new he's the new Ryan Leaf, like he can't handle it, <laughs> and it's the furthest from the truth. I mean, if you watch him in his press conferences, like diehard fans tend to do after the games he might say, yeah, I was emotional. Yeah. I was a little bit, but then he's so articulate and so caring off the field and on the press conferences. And as he matured and every season had a new kid, (laughs) you know, a new daughter here and there, like I, you you can't not be a humble person with, you know, a hundred million kids and daughters, you know, kids tend to humble you and wives tend to humble you pretty quick. So um, yeah, the national narrative, I think that's when it kind of changed. And it's unfortunate, um, but I think people over the years, you know, they kind of started to see, oh, he's more hokey, he's more uh, golly, he's more this and that. Um, but yeah, he never got the the credit. I feel like he that he truly deserved.
1: No, no, I, I actually agree. And when he went to Indianapolis, um, I, I watched him there for his season and hoped that he would go on and try and achieve something that he, he'd never achieved. It wasn't to be. He's always going to be remembered as. That draft class quarterbacks, Eli Manning with two rings, Big Ben with two rings, and obviously Philip didn't get one. Um, unfortunate, and and that's just the way it goes. But yeah. you know, I think we spoke before we came on air about why I was a Chargers fan and why I didn't go for the obvious routes of, of the the New England's or uh, or, or whatever. Um, it's easy to do that, and it's not. It, you know, it takes a lot of. Um, it takes a lot of commitment. I mean, you're right, the the Chargers fan base is growing. It's growing massively. You know, there are Chargers fans in the UK and there have been, and it's not this bandwagon thing. But John Ayres makes a good point. If there's bandwagon fans, so what? I I read a a stat the other day from a a respected news uh, sports media outlet. There's 500 million Liverpool fans on the planet probably less than point 0.1% have actually been to Anfield. Mm. Liverpool don't care. If they're selling jerseys and improving the brand, why yeah. should that not relate to the charges? And, and you're right, I think have we sold something like 55,000 season tickets for the for the 2022 season when when four years ago at the stub everyone was pointing the finger and laughing and jibing. You know, it's like, come on, all right, you, you can have your you can have your laugh and your jibe. You ain't gonna be laughing and jibing for the next two or three years when we're knocking on the door of Super Bowl. Because that's I think that's where we're headed. We we can get into that, you know, uh in the remainder of this podcast. But we're almost one of those unfashionable teams. And I think you're you're right that the the face of the franchise um is is now Justin Herbert in a phenomenal stadium, probably the best sports stadium on the planet. And that's not just me being, being biased, it's just absolutely amazing. and um, there's a reason why it costs five and a half billion dollars, you know. Um it's just We've we've got that we've got the new new brand, the new jerseys, and it's all coming together. And oh, oh,
0: let's just talk about the new jerseys for a second. Yeah, the stadium's <laughs> beautiful, but oh my gosh, the amazing. social media team in, in connection oh, with unbelievable—you uh, know, just out of this world—and then you know they they do everything correct. So obviously, this jerseys are have been gorgeous, powder blue, powder blue, amazing, but then. You know, combine that with the social media teams, a better uh, ability to, you know, get the word out, know when to to hype it up, know how to. And then when they when it got revealed, you know, all the other teams kind of slowly revealed some other brands. But then the Chargers jerseys teams got uh jerseys got revealed, you know, and you're like, oh, my God, like these are hands down gorgeous. Uh The helmet combinations, everything. Some is a little controversial with the numbers on the helmets. I personally love it it's really old school Um, uh, it's just it's just am- amazing yeah i i i could go on and on but like and then they come out with these like these yellow ones that that aren't on the field i don't know i just i, I resonated well with it you
1: know i mean john john Ayers has got a great yellow jersey as well i think he's got yellow pants to match but the social media is fantastic i mean again i'm not being biased it's just my opinion that all in series in my opinion, is better than Hard Knocks.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And 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 I'll tell you why I think this is. Hard Knocks do a fantastic job, and they've done some brilliant, brilliant series, and, and credit to the production team for that. But I think when you are ingrained within the building and it's your product and you're representing your team, I think it just gives that little bit of edge i was talking to a uh a guy the other day uh on a, on a job interview and i said the the difference between doing social media internally and getting a third party to do it is when it's internal people are living and breathing it it's you're almost like taking responsibility for carrying that message forward mm-hmm. and you can see that with it with the, with a the, the content that charges put out. it's
0: amazing yeah. absolutely sure. amazing Totally agree. Totally agree. So, uh, hard knocks, wonderful been, been, uh, you know, broadcasting for years on HBO and I mean let's, let's keep it real. It's, it's repetitive, you know, over the, the years, it's gotten a little stale. Um, and I think they, they, I honestly think they, they saw what all ends been doing and they attempted to do their own version with the Colts in the in season I mean that was pretty unique. Why would they do that? I think because they've seen the success yeah. of All In. I mean, and now All In is getting a, a, a up for a Webby award for I know. Uh, editing. I mean, yeah, the sound quality, everything. Uh you know what it reminds me of if I'm um, you know being a, an F1 fan, you know it reminds me of Drive to Survive on Netflix if you haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, it it if you're not haven't if you're not a fan of of the Chargers and you watch that how could you not become a fan or at least yeah. appreciative of what they're doing?
1: Exactly. I mean, I, I watched the Cowboys hard knocks. I think it was last season. Um, and that opening scene with the, uh, I'll use a military term, UAV, the drone. That was absolutely phenomenal when it went through Jerry World and the coordinator. I, I, yeah. I don't know how many of those they wrote off, but it, it was good. The, the finished product was awesome. But I didn't have any real connection with the rest of the program. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a bit flat. Boring, you know, and I've got look. I, I know Dallas, uh, one of those teams that people like to point the finger at. I've got nothing specifically against the Cowboys, you know. They've got a, a hugely successful um, owner who's, who's who lives and breathes Dallas.
0: Yeah, the brand yeah. is on point. Yeah,
1: it it is, but you know, and he obviously set the benchmark with the sponsorship years ago with the AT T Stadium, etc. I just thought it was a bit flat, but yeah, the the, the Chargers, uh, social media is knocking it out of the park we now need to start knocking it out of the park on the actual field. And I that's think right. that's a great transition. Now let's, let's quickly talk about, um, let's talk about Justin Herbert first, two seasons in, um, obviously started off at uh, that. that um, let's just say fortuitous for his, from his perspective, unfortunate for, uh, for, for Tyrod. Um, I mean, look, we've already spoken about the fact that, um, the West Coast media are a bit reluctant to shine a spotlight on the charges, and it really irks them to say. Some of them say that Herbert is good, but we've got this thing on on Charged at Bolts, where tier one is top one to eight players. Second tier is, is sort of uh, the next eight block, and then you've got tier three, which is you know down to um, uh, uh, twenty five down to thirty two. In my opinion, Herbert is in the top bracket of that tier one pool, and you can't deny it. He, he's not. He's not had the best protection, um, and some of those um, shots he's taken downfield, he had no right to do. He's smart, <laughs> he's humble, and he is absolutely brilliant.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. So, uh, well, let's talk about his protection. That's actually interesting. So, the very first season, and I, I talked a little bit uh, about uh, Charger. Uh, uh, my very first podcast. I actually talk a little bit about Herbert's journey, and and to me, it's really, really uh, interesting. So and unique, frankly. Um, so his first season, yes, you're right. His his protection was horrendous, and we. It seems like it's inevitable because it's almost like Bengals fans are so. It's it's a really touchy point for them before the Super Bowl. They didn't really have much to hang their hat on. Because, OK, he's got, you know, uh Herbert, you know, Herbert is so quiet and reserved. And but it, he kept getting compared to uh Joe Burrow. And yeah. the thing they kept saying was, oh, Joe Burrow, Jer- Bur- Joe Burrow, excuse me, Joe Burrow. He doesn't have uh protection and all that. But obviously very true. But look who's right there at the bottom with them and protection the very first season. And had incredible success. Yes, Perfect. Justin Herbert. In Perfect. fact, statistically, I think it was even worse, if I'm not mistaken, than Joe Burrow' his first season. Now, the difference is our team and the draft focused on the offensive line. Brought in Lindsley, uh, and then we let's be honest, we got we got lucky uh, with it's with Rashawn. our with Rashawn. Um, I I think uh, we were going to draft him if he fell to us, and we, he fell to us. Uh, But I don't think anybody expected Rashawn to to be the beast that he is, especially he taking a year off uh, due to COVID uh, in college. I mean, he's just incredible. So he had the same similar challenges and he had Anthony Lynn, Anthony Lynn is his coach. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And he had, he had everything going against him, right? He's a backup for a reason, uh, you know, uh, and the coach clearly, clearly loved Tyrod Taylor. Uh, and, uh, and, and I, I get it. I get it. Uh, but you gotta, as a NFL head coach, you have to be objective. Say, Hey, look, this kid is pure talent. There's something there. Um, you know, and, uh, when he got his time to shine second game into the first season, unbelievable you're unbelievable you're you're trucking linebackers (laughs) i mean i'll never forget the the you know i think it was the linebacker on the chiefs uh but he he trucked him on the sideline it it, uh, pops back up walks in and then there's thank god uh austin eckler was uh mic'd up that day he's like you straight cuckooed that dude bro he
1: did he did that was that was a big hit as well i mean if you look at if you look at lynn um he come across as a, a very uh, articulate person on camera, and then when you actually peel out or peel back the onion, I, I think it was Denver. I might be wrong. We were miles ahead at half time. Herbert was slinging the ball all over the place. So what did we do in the second half? Trying to run the football, three and outs. We don't want to be predictable. Just win the game. Yeah. You know, if if your car's running hundred miles an hour on on ninety nine octane, don't put diesel in the tank. Keep
0: you know, you... I, I, yes. So, so I, I think it really comes down to a very old school NFL mentality, which yes. is exactly what Anthony and I grew up with being a quarterbacks, uh, I mean, uh, being running backs, coach the bills and just being a, you know, uh, kind of that old school pound and ground. And he didn't have an ability to adapt to our personnel, right? Our personnel was, uh, was throw first, very obvious and uh, run second and Anthony Lynn's old school mentality is we're going to run 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 down your throat eventually it's gonna uh bog down the uh the defense and all of a sudden we can then we maybe start taking some uh uh opportunities to play action once that those opportunities get opened up and you know that's an old school approach it's it's worked for other teams in the past but has no, not, not worked for, us. for the Chargers ever. No, clearly. So somebody needed to come in and do something different. And nothing against Anthony Lynn. I think people actually liked him quite a bit. Yeah, as a human yeah, being. yeah, agreed. Yes, 100%. Good guy. He has that story uh, of, that people can resonate with, uh, you know, with him getting hit by a car um, and uh, it, when he was with the Cowboys. And so, uh, you know, it. But yeah, and I think par- players did like him, um, right? When they played for him. But you're exactly right. His his play calling it was it was it was boring. Frankly, it was uh, old school, predictable, we, predictable. Very key. We needed something, right? It was run, run, pass, run, run. Pass. I'm like, we know we're gonna <laughs> run it. Stop. They know. We know. Come on. Let's 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 pass the ball for the first time ever on first down and oh wow we have success well how about that oh it's oh why do we have this oh because the play broke down and herbert had to improvise that's why we had success yeah okay well let's let's adjust it to make make uh our boy herbert the 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 central key to our success in offense and that is what we saw uh, the biggest difference, obviously, and then pass protection improvement helped with uh, with what we're seeing in second season of Herbert.
1: Yeah, I mean, no sophomore slump. I think Bez he thought that that would would happen, and it didn't. I think, look, you you need a few key ingredients to be a good quarter, well, a top quarterback in the NFL. You've, you've got to be athletic. Um I, I don't mean running all over the field like uh, Deshaun Watson. You, you've got to have the you've got to have the frame. You've got to have the um You've got to have the endurance. Herbert's mm-hmm. got that. You've, and you have got to you've got to have the um mentality.
0: Mm-hmm. Herbert's
1: got super high IQ. And, and that I mean, I, I think he's had a different
0: um play call, hasn't he? All the way through his career, even at Oregon. All the way through his career. This is literally it's insane that this offseason is gonna be his first offseason going into it with the same coaching yeah. and same uh same system. Like it's just mind-boggling that. He's had the success that he's had given all of the obstacles uh, in his way.
1: I mean, I think you, you get the feeling that Justin will go away in the offseason. Where, look, and I'm, I don't want to start throwing names out there. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want <laughs> a lawsuit against me, but th- th- there'll be players out there that'll be doing things that they shouldn't be doing against team protocol. Herbert will be swatting up and, and, and like, why didn't this work? Why didn't that work? Why, why were mechanics? Breaking down there, and he'll be working on that. Yes, and that—that's true professionalism, and that's the same in any sport. And it's, you, you know, these guys that reach the top, uh, the likes of Tom Brady, it's no accident that they're just working and working mm-hmm. and working and mm-hmm. working. And I think Michael Jordan, he, he didn't he once say um, for all the rings that he won, he, you know, he missed he missed tons and tons and tons of of, of baskets and three throws, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. means that he wasn't perfect. And I, I think you get that mentality with, yeah. with Justin Herbert. He, he's, he's very humble. He's a very different person to Joe Burrow. You're not going to see Herbert running around the dressing room with a cigar in his mouth and just silly mm. antics and stuff like that. And I think you do need that. Um, a friend of mine's a Falcons fan. And we always have a laugh and a joke about who's going to be the next person to be getting thrown out of a franchise. You know, you're Antonio Browns or, or, or whatever. And I said to, I said, funny off, he's called John as well. I said, John strange that the chargers never have these personalities in the building you know they're always people that sort of abide by the rules and and Mm -hmm. and do what they're asked And, and i think that's that's a challenge in itself getting those people in the building you know i mean baker mayfield came out didn't he uh recently and rather than waiting to get a new franchise He's now started throwing stones at the Browns. Now, if you're looking yeah. to bring him in as a Seahawks or whatever, you're like, actually, I, I don't want you, mate. I don't want that mm-hmm. personality. I don't want that negativity coming mm-hmm. into the locker room. Whereas Herbert, I think he just it's, it's positivity. It's like another Antonio Gates or another LT or, or professionalism. Yes, yes,
0: dedication. Absolutely. So, I do definitely want to get into Justin Herbert, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give uh, a tip of the cap to. Somebody that I think uh, I think all the Chargers fans uh, do not like, uh, <laughs> uh, all the Chargers organization. That might be the owner Dean Spanos, um, and uh, and and I get why, but I, and I don't want to get into the negatives aspect of it. Um, what I want to say is there has been one commonality with um, I think Dean Spanos, and then you know maybe we'll give majority of the credit actually to Tom Telesco, is that clearly. They made a concerted effort through the draft, through uh, onboarding people um, in the offseason, uh, is, is the character of the people, right? And I think, you know, you look at some fantastic players like that who might pick around the same uh, range with us in the draft. Every, seems like every year, like the Cowboys are, are – they kind of hover around the same. Cowboys haven't had any success uh, in the last 20, 30 years, but you know what? they also don't care about the character of players that they are bringing on and they just kind of win now mentality. Sure. But you know, at the behest of, you know, potentially bringing in some, some iffy players, whereas we definitely focus on bringing in high quality characters, but almost to our detriment in some cases where I think like "Eh, we could have taken a chance on that guy. And I say that as an example, um, yeah, I, I was going to bring up Jackson as DUI, but I don't want to do that. Um, you know, he's he's no longer with us. Uh, rest in peace. But it, the the thing is, is 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 I think when you you get lucky as an organization to to be so focused on bringing good quality, high character people, um, but then actually have great talent and the combination of that on the field. I mean, we struck gold with Herbert in that sense. I mean, I don't know if you read this article that came out a while back that they wrote. And the one thing they they talked about, which is hilarious, was uh, Justin Herbert always returns shopping carts. uh, Yeah, yeah, I did see it (laughs) it,
1: because it it drives me mad as well. And and do you know what? Every time I go to the supermarket now, I think of Justin Herbert.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Me, Me too so but uh citizenship look
1: we we, we grew up you know military we, we we're in it's in indo- indoctrinated into us yes. you know we it's some part of our dna but i think so i think so
0: i think so and and so you know to see but the, you know the uh, let's be honest though i mean i got suckered in i don't know how many people, fans did but i got suckered into the national media narrative when we were drafting herbert um you know i wasn't disappointed when we drafted him but i did want to uh and why did I want Tua? I wanted Tua because he had a documentary uh, uh, that was uh, it was on him. Uh, he had um, he had this kind of, uh, he, he seemed almost like this Drew Brees bravado, uh, uh, you know, in front of the camera, like a leader of men, those kind of things. And, and, you know, that's what I really wanted. That's what I gravitated towards. And then I saw Herbert, all the highlights. I'm like, oh, this guy's great. Do, you know sling it down the field awesome 6'6 236 i think he's like 240 pounds now and you know i was like ah but he's he's kind of a soft kid you know he's nice and but you know what
1: he's everything but
0: soft he, yeah <laughs> God, it's like he's so much more than advertised and i think even the charges are you just don't know what you got until you got no you don't you just I, I don't. And right? let's let's talk in terms of media and broadcasting and what we're doing now, even in just podcasting here. You don't know if you can talk in front of the camera until you do it. You just don't know. At and I'm not saying I'm great at it, but you're know, like I was the first time doing my first podcast, even just the other week. Yeah, you know, I'm like, I'm gonna right. talk for twenty minutes. Like, I don't want to <laughs> screw this up. I might make mistakes, and. and You, you, when you approach it in the sense of, you know what, I'm just going to do the best I can and see what comes of it. Put my head down and one day at a time, not thinking too far ahead. That's what Herbert is. Herbert is the kind of guy who puts his head down one day at a time and learns the playbook, learns, learns the, the, you know, what his strengths are, what his weaknesses are and how he can improve it. And you can tell that, He's so much more confident, not cocky, confident, so much more confident. And I want to just touch on, I, we'll probably get to Brandon Staley a little bit. I just want to touch on Brandon Staley for a second. All those fourth downs, all those fourth downs, all those fourth downs. You know, if we're doing our, going for a fourth down on our own 23, probably don't want to do that. That please don't do that anymore. But, you know, the success we had, going for all those fourth downs when it counted when we needed it to happen against the raiders in clutch last game of the season and i watched that game with the raiders fan who's in my neighbor he was and he hates the chargers he was like <laughs> your boy like i'm and i'm just like in shock i'm exhausted mentally physically emotionally yeah, yeah. watching that he's just like That guy's special is something different. And you know why he we saw greatness that day? I think because we got lucky with the right coach who from day one said, we're going to form this offense around Herbert. And I noticed that he's got this mentality of being kind of, you know, soft. Well, we're going to show the world he's not soft and I'm going to I'm going to make sure he goes for it. And so it built confidence throughout the year. And so when it really counted, you're like, wow, this, this kid's special. So
1: let me let me just jump in there because we, we we could I could speak about this for about four hours. We're on to something, right? So Herbert and, and Staley. The thing that boggles my mind, it, it's taken so long for sport to learn from each other within a sport and from uh cross pollination. What do I mean? So there's a book out there, a great book called Peak Performance. The the guy that wrote one of the uh, co-authors, his cousin was my mentor and left the military. She helped me sort of transition into, uh, into civilian life. The book's amazing. One of the first chapters is about the US Women's National Soccer Team. And when you read it, the US Women's National Soccer Team are 30 to 40 years ahead of the English National Men's Soccer Team in the way that they set up, the way that they prepare, the professionalism. Okay? Now, Moving on from that, you look at uh, Moneyball, great film, great documentary about Mm -hmm. the A's, the analytics. Soccer players now, sorry, soccer teams, are starting to adapt that a little bit late. The English soccer head coach, who's Gareth Southgate, who's outstayed his welcome, in my opinion, he came over to the NFL to understand why there's so many coaches and what value that has. Liverpool have a touchline throwing coach based on analytics Mo Salah was signed because the, not because of the goals it he was scored when he left Chelsea and he went on his way, that journey to Liverpool. It was analytics on chances created and positional awareness. All this stuff's been done in the NFL for years. And now you get the mix where you've got somebody like coach Staley and, and Herbert who are probably on the same page when they're talking plays, it all starts to work. But, the, the, the key thing for it all is capital L, look, not Andrew look. Another, fortunately, he's not with us, obviously, playing the game. But the draft, it, it's crazy. I take everything uh, related to the draft with a pinch of salt. And the analogy I give to any UK uh, sports fan that's getting new to the draft, even my wife, I'll say, look, Ryan Leaf, top draft pick, absolutely garbage. Tom Brady, forgot about, forgot a man, six rounds, seven Super Bowl rings. People just don't know. There was a great article today, John, on the NFL network. I don't know if you saw it. Good Morning Football. No. Called uh, Angry Twitter. So they, they basically, what they did, they got a handful of uh, um, uh, picks. So they started off with Kansas City, the Chiefs announcing Patrick Mahomes, and then a load of fans say, What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And I thought, I'm waiting for it. And it came, Herbert. And they put all these Twitter handles up, all the people that have been slating Herbert. Oh, good luck with that. Why do not you get Deshaun Watson? You've got a Ryan Leaf too. Well, we just don't know. And, and that's yeah. the thing. You, you do need an element of luck. Um, you know, Rashawn Slater, Derwin James falling uh, uh, the way that they did. I mean, we obviously yeah. 17th pick this this year. Yeah, You, you, you could argue that, a top 20 pick is going to add value to your roster, not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence, that dude, if you'd have never watched a game, um, if you'd have fallen asleep for, for 12 months, you'd have woke up today going, Did Trevor Lawrence get MVP? Who's Trevor Lawrence?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, but it it's goes back to mind boggling when you think about it, it that it, way. It yeah. is
1: it's, it's what you said when you come on the air, the media control the narrative.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We, the fans, are just led to um um you know walk the path of of the trail of the breadcrumbs that the media are saying, but that's all changed now because we, you know, we've we've got podcasts the there's, there's,
0: there's, there's, people have got independent thoughts. Oh my gosh! You go on YouTube or all these it's, different it's, podcasts. Yeah. Like the the amount of knowledge. An actual player breakdown, and uh, especially when you get this time of year, it's so fun with the draft. I mean, the NFL has really become a year-round thing now. When you when you're talking about yeah, the draft yeah. and, and it, um, yeah. It, so yeah, so I, uh, so steering it to the Chargers, yes, luck, one hundred percent, no question about it. Um, I will give a tip of my hat also to Telesco in, in this sense. Um, you know, he seems to be. Very systematic every year. Systematic meaning I'm going to follow the same process. I'm not following my gut. I'm following the same process. So what that means is I'm going to rely on all the research um, you know, that my scouts uh, have been doing um, in uh, all year. I'm going to review all that. We're going to create this board, right? And we're going to pick based off of the highest quality caliber player. Not necessarily based on position, but the highest quality caliber player. This is what he said. A lot of GMs say that, but I think the proof is in the pudding here. I, I I think you you see that he really has stuck to his board, which a lot of GMs don't. A lot of GMs they just shoot by the hip and they're like, oh well, what's hot? What's the, what's the hot? It's going to sell the next ticket, or maybe they're swayed by the owner. What's going to sell tickets? Yeah, and <clears throat> you know. If that was the case, if Tom Telesco was that, that type of uh, GM, by now he would have traded up in the first round and, and gotten some splashy pick, but he didn't. He stuck. He stuck with uh, each pick. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'm not great at draft takes. Uh, you know, it's if if I was on Twitter uh, actively at the time, I would probably would have panned Bosa when we drafted him as high as we did. You know what? That's crazy to think about. Yeah. When when I I was on the I listened to radio I didn't watch it I was listening to radio live when it I'm like Bosa I was like oh man I was falling for the narrative of all these different players yeah yeah. and then then every time right on cue we draft somebody I immediately scour the internet look for all the highlights on this person that and I'm like dude this guy's a beast he's (laughs) not amazing whoa I can't wait to have him on the team oh my gosh he looks like a gladiator like I'm just super excited. And, you know, flash forward a year, he's my favorite year, a uh, favorite player and, and, and all that. And, uh, you know, it. it so in, and then, you know, who I was really excited about Some players that aren't even on the team anymore. Well, <laughs> you know, Varet I liked Varet He was good. But, um, you know, I was like, genuinely excited about it. And he had a lot of potential. He end up doing fairly well for one year before he got injured, unfortunately, again, in San Francisco. But like, again, there's luck. Uh, but Telesco, at the very least, he seems to have a system, and it's the same thing when it with that system throughout the entire offseason, Not just drafting; it's also when he does uh, goes for re-signing players and everything. He's I'm not going to re-sign and talk to player agents until I've done gotten to this stage. Until I've gotten to this stage. Sorry, I'm not dealing with you until I've signed that you know these bigger players yet, and. I think that's gotten on the nerve of, of players in the past. How come you're not talking to my, you know, talking to my agent, getting me signed up right now? Like he just Des king prime example. He's just so, lo- yes, he's so logical, so systematic. I, I'm sorry, that's just not how I operate. And, you know, I think it can be a little bit infuriating, but, but here's another thing about Telesco that is good and or bad. Take it, take it with a grain of salt, how you like. He adapts to the coach, so his personality—it's almost like he's a blank slate. He just kind of so analytical type of person. He really uh, changes his personality based off of the coaches that we have. So when we had Mike McCoy, ugh, boring. Uh, <laughs> when well, well, we had yeah, you know, well, previous was Nor, but we're talking with Tom Telesco, and then yeah. Anthony Lynn. You know, it's like you could almost tell like he he kind of changed a little bit. And now now it's really making an impact difference on with obviously now with Brandon Staley, his go for it mentality. You could just see when you hear Tom Telesco, when he's interviewing, he's like uh, when you, he's being interviewed, like, yeah, I, it's it's our it's our personality. It's our culture now as a team. And you're like, oh, OK, that's 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 good. I'm glad it's all, you know, a little bit of talk, but that's good. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Khalil Mac. I mean, who was not floored right before the opening well, of free agency? Do, do you know, I've got one gripe about the Khalil
1: Mac. We just come off air. We just we just finished recording. Oh no! And five minutes later, Mac was announced. Uh, <laughs> and and, and do you know what? I am so so hyped about Mac and, and J C Jackson because it, it for me that changes the whole draft narrative. I've been saying all year. That Telesco, because we obviously lost Melvin Gordon, and I think Bose has been struggling because he's been up front on his own. You know, yes, Chris yes. Rumpf needs some needs some beef. He needs to put yep. some serious pounds on in in the off season. Yep. You know, uh, artillery Jerry um,
0: is is he's not that tier one edge rusher that we need. We the wanted him that, to be so bad, but yeah, I know, I know. He just, and, he, you know what, his artillery, my opinion, he's got the physical tools. He just doesn't have that. I'm gonna. Get you mentality. You know, he doesn't flip a switch on the field consistently. And I think it, it drives me nuts. You know, if you could take,
1: if you could take Derwin James's football brain and, and plant it into Jerry, we'd have some serious bash rush there. Oh, well, <laughs> but, but, yeah.
0: You, somebody said just put Jordan James on every position except quarterback. And he probably, uh, probably played
1: cool, well, to be fair. Look, I think that's, I mean, we'll get, we'll, we'll talk about Derwin James now. I think it's a bit of a weakness. The fact that he plays so many positions because he doesn't own one, um, and, and I don't mean that it's it's a weakness. It's, it's a it's a a, a negative. It, it's a it's a weakness because I think the front office feel like well, actually, if he goes down, Derwin will fill in. If, if he goes down, Derwin will fill yeah. in. Yeah, do, do you know what I'm saying? It's almost yeah. like an insurance policy for the defensive backs. Um, yeah there's some big names coming out there about safety, you know, uh, McDuffie, um, Hamilton, etc.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They said, it put, put either of those guys with, with Derwin at the back. It, it's good night. Tyreek Hill's obviously gone to the uh, Miami Dolphins. The, the AFC West pitch has completely changed overnight with Russell Wilson coming in mm-hmm. with, with uh, Devontae Adams coming in. Um, I'm telling you now, I would, it's a coin flip. Who's winning that division this season. I am, I don't think the Raiders can do it, but I think they'll do some damage in in the divisional games. Uh,
0: Yeah. So, so let, let, yeah. So let's, if it's okay, I'd like to dive into, to Duran James uh, kind of piggyback on what you're saying. So, you know, uh, uh, Brent Saley recently said, right. He was saying, um, you know, we're going to build around him, like give him the tools, just like we talk about as a quarterback, you do that. So we did that for Herbert last year. We're going to do that for Duran James this year. And, you know, obviously we brought in JC Jackson, Woo-wee! you know, Mr. INT super excited about him. Awesome. Um, so, uh, so I feel like that's what he's going to do. And, and last year Duran James finally healthy, fantastic. Didn't have as many big splash like sacks and, 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 and interceptions that we had hoped. And I think exactly what, we, but he was still very productive, but I think that's exactly the reason why is what you were saying. Is is because he's all over the place. He's 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 that utility player now because he has the, the intelligence mixed with. The it's because he's so abilities. good.
1: you can play him anywhere.
0: You can play him, everywhere You can play him. Uh, uh you you could play him in the slot. You could play him as a pass rusher. You could play him. Uh, you know, a, a a deep corner. You know, whatever you a deep safety. Whatever you want, he he can do it. Um, you know, but if you put the tools around him, you know, it. it he, I think he's going to be able to then centralized. You know, okay, the the quarterback. I don't know, in what world, I have no clue. Each play, where he's going to be and what he's going to do. Uh, You know, he's really going to be a lot more effective, uh, exactly with these pieces. And and knock on wood, cross our fingers. You know, health is the big the big concern. But quite frankly, we need to have more people. They're around him, him that yeah, yeah. Quality, it's so he can he can do what he needs to do. Absolutely. It's the same
1: as well, it's exactly what I said, I said about Bosa up front. You know, Bosa's getting gas, and even when Melvin yep. had his last season, you could see it, and that's what you you know, if Bose gives 110%, if he's having to give 140%, it's just it's just gonna deplete him as, mm-hmm. as the season goes on. And I think this is why the addition of Khalil Mack has changed the narrative because I was I was convinced yeah Telesco was gonna draft up and get two studs in the first round, um, uh, uh, an edge rusher and an offensive tackle. Um, That still might happen. I don't know, but I think there's less pressure now because we brought in Mac. I think Mac's going to be a game changer for us quite frankly. So Mac,
0: huge game changer. And then, um, you know, I think under the radar, you know, we've really solidified that defensive front. And I want to get into the draft a little bit, but you know, I love Jordan Davis. I I'm, I'm a huge proponent of his, um, it's he you was know, in my at, first
1: second mock draft. He was okay. Jordan Davis. Uh, a lot of people ball. are
0: like, okay, well now post free agency, we don't need him. Let's focus somewhere else. Uh, maybe he doesn't even fall right now because he's such a combine combine stud. Um, you know, but if we did bring him on, I certainly wouldn't be upset. And the reason why is because, Yes, we have, uh, you know, a lot of uh, key pieces now up front. We're going to tr- turn our weakness of of, of, of uh, stopping the run into a strength. Yeah, him coming on board would add depth to that, like not just depth, but quality depth. And as he gets stronger and better and better, I think he could be a huge impact uh, player in the beginning this year now. So, again, we don't know who's going to fall. Um you know, to us uh, at 17, if we don't trade up, um, you know, if we don't go Jordan Davis, you know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset if, if you know, we went, you know, uh, a cornerback, um, uh, another cornerback to, to to really help us. Do we absolutely need it? No. Uh, but like somebody like uh, Trent mcduffel you know, I wouldn't mind him out of Washington. Phenomenal, phenomenal player. Yeah. So, I mean, there's 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 a lot of players that, that we could have. A lot of people right now, it seems like the hype is all about having wide receiver. And I'm not here to slam any decision at all. Um, I You know, somebody like uh, a Jamison Williams, it would be incredible to have. Holy smokes. Drake London, if he fell 17. Yeah. I mean, you just, you just don't know who's going to fall. So, I mean, like if we got any one of those players, I would, you know, at this point, I think i am hum- been humbled enough <laughs> over the years of getting upset, ups and downs. I'm just going to be ecstatic on, on who, we, who we pick. I'm going to do the same thing. <laughs> I'm going to go right on YouTube for the next month or two, just fantasizing on, on how, how this new player can be added to our – look at the highlights and how they can be added to our defense. Well, it is
1: well, one for you. I've got a proposition for you. Why don't we make this a two-parter? Come back in part two and talk draft and permutation. Yeah, absolutely. Because there, there's an argument for moving uh, Matt Feeler to right tackle, which I'm I'm against. Uh, we we yeah, can discuss Tyler. that. Yeah, but yeah. We, totally. and, and, the, the, and the reason is I don't think with him and, and Sean on the left hand side of that line, it's been phenomenal, and I think you you maintain with with you know you got Lindsley Filer. Slater, I think you keep that together there because it works.
0: If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, say, right?
1: exactly. So, I mean, why don't why don't we get into that then? We'll 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 arrange uh, sure. another uh, broadcast before for the draft of the twenty eighth. Yeah, oh, i we'll, we'll talk everything. I mean, you know, I could sit here for hours <laughs> and talk to Chargers football. One. one one thing that I would would like to uh, talk about, um, and, and I know Dan King said that we should be signing a wide receiver because of the obviously Herbert's ability. One thing that we're overlooking: we need someone. We need speed. I think the charges on paper must be one of the slowest teams in the NFL. We've got to bring some speed in. We need. I mean, Andre Roberts has not come back, which I find very strange. Um, kick returner. We we, we was, need someone. I was
0: bummed about that. I mean, I, I you know,
1: I, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, whether they think that he can't
0: uh produce that again next season because uh, was he 32 33 well he had some kind of cryptic tweets um right before we found out uh who'd we replace him with uh big name out of um oh my gosh it's escaping we, we picked him up fairly recently uh it's escaping we re- replaced him with a, a quality player i want to say it was uh out from the commanders, I want to say uh yeah, his name's yeah. escaping me.
1: My 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 mind's going blank <laughs> that's okay. <laughs>
0: but we did replace him with a quality player. But at the time when we let him go, um right before we found out he was that he, he ended up um being released, uh he was like he asked if I how old do I look? You know, I'm like, oh that's a cryptic. Yeah. Yeah, that means yeah, that yeah. means Tom Teles yeah. probably say hey sorry we're yeah. not bringing you back. Yeah. Uh, you know you're you're just you're not Viable for our long long term future. I'm like, yeah, but he's was so clutch for us. Yeah, this past season, just just let him stay one more season for the for for crying out loud. But it is what It is. it
1: is Look, John. I think we'll we'll wrap up there. 55 minutes. It's been great to oh, talk wow, to you, buddy. Long? <laughs> let's uh let's talk offline. We'll we'll arrange part two. We'll we'll dig into the the, the draft. I'm sure the narrative will change. We'll we'll. God knows who will be signing, according to the uh, experts. But uh,
0: mm-hmm. where can we find you on socials, buddy? Well, uh, th- again, I can't. App- I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, yeah, so I'm Bolt Dad uh, at Bolt Dad Podcast uh, on Twitter. Um, uh, the following is slowly growing, which I'm so thankful for. Uh, I have a lot of really ridiculous, over the top, silly, poor quality commie- comedy. Comedy skits and sketches on there so take a look there's more to come there one starring my daughter she's adorable (laughs) um and then um and i'm gonna have more silly stuff like that and then my podcast is on youtube uh again bolt dad uh podcast um you you can just search me uh through there um so far i have up three i just released my third podcast uh you know i call them a podcast i haven't actually downloaded them into like spotify and all that but i'm looking into doing that it's more of like kind of the director approach where you, yep. you know, it's YouTube. I, I'm not director by any stretch. That guy's, that guy's a legend already, but um, you know, it, it, it's kind of that just, but I'm a lot more casual. I don't have a script. I just, I kind of like what we're doing right now. It, I, I have a general idea what topics we're going to talk about. I'll probably have a few, I don't know, a few more condensed uh, uh, videos going forward um, rather than going 20 minute length long videos so, but yeah, that's where you can find me again, bolt dad. Uh, I say bolt dad, people at, might be wondering why this is my man cave. This is my way to escape away from my family. So I am a dad. I got a a, a, a two-year-old, almost three and, and a four, almost five-year-old. So it's a crazy life. I, I love them to death, <laughs> but oh my gosh, football is my escape. This is the bolt cave bolt dad. That's, that's kind Brilliant. of where I came up with it. Brilliant. Look,
1: great to chat, mate. We'll we'll obviously speak again before the draft part two. We'll, we'll dig into who we're, we're going to draft. We'll cover some crazy permutations, and then before we know it, it'll be it'll be April the twenty eighth, and the uh, commission will be announcing the seventeenth overall draft pick in Las so, Vegas. And yeah, I hope
0: I hope Jen Mills. I hope she gets to 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 do one like later yeah. round announcements. I've got. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I hope so. Yeah,
1: she was on the podcast. I know you've already seen the episode with Bez. Yeah. Bez uh, jumped on there. Guys, thank you for tuning into to this special edition of the Charged Up Bolts podcast. We'll be back uh, with John uh, in the next uh, week or so. Um, I'm going to go and get a cup of tea and get ready for tonight's episode with the rest of the crew. John, take it easy over in uh, Sacramento, buddy, and bolt up.
0: Thank you for having me, bolt up.